stand our feet and put our hands together to bless the Lord. He's worthy, amen.
somebody give him some praise in this place tonight. We serve a good God. Amen. How many happy to be in the house of the Lord? We get to worship him together. What an awesome privilege and honor. So as we continue to worship tonight, I want you to just forget about what you walk through the door with and let your focus be his tonight. Amen. Give it to him, Lord. We bless you tonight, and we welcome your presence in this place tonight in Jesus' name.
Sometimes in the middle of our life, it feels like we're fighting against God instead of Him fighting with us, but He's for you tonight, amen? And if God is for you, the Scripture declare, who can stand against you, amen? So as your love, in wave after wave, it crushes over me, it crushes over Come on, sing it out, say, for you are for you are not against us, champion of heaven. You made a way for all to enter in. Yes, you did, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus. And 
team come up here and this is a place where miracles happen where people agree with one another but you know there's a bible verse that starts with the words be anxious but it goes on to say be anxious for what for nothing and i believe the word i'm hearing for this weekend is peace there's a peace available it says be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer supplication thanksgiving let a request be made known to god then the peace of god is going to come and be a guard over our hearts and minds. And I know some of you are believing for some things. You're still waiting for a doctor's report. You could have, you're praying, you're believing. But, you know, that fear wants to come in. It's knocking at the door. But when God's peace is around, guess who's going to answer the door? Faith is going to answer that door and say, my answer is coming. So I have our altar team come up right now. We're going to believe whatever you want to agree with. If it's healing in your body, we're going to do what the Word of God says, anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. If you need wisdom, if you just need God's peace to come right now, come to the altar, we'll agree with you. The rest of us, let's just let His peace just overwhelm us right now as we worship.
give my life to you. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you, oh, Lord. I give my life to you. Oh, one more time we say, Lord, I give my life to you, oh, Lord. We give our lives. I give my life to you. I'm setting fire down in our hearts. Come on, somebody put your hands together and bless him. He's worthy. No God like our God. Amen. Hey, well, why don't you turn around and greet two or three people in the house of the Lord tonight? No place I would rather be. Welcome to Church on a Rock. We're so glad you're here worshiping with us.
the back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you're a first time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you. You can either drop it in the offering or you can take it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. We offer Saturday night meals and snacks between Sunday services. And don't forget, the coffee bar is always open. We are so glad you're here and we hope that you know there's always a place for you at Church on the Run. Our new fall semester is here and our brand new ministry guide full of classes, small groups, and outreaches to help you get better connected to God, friends, ministry, and the world. Open up a ministry guide in the chair back in front of you and find a place for you to grow deeper in your walk with God. a fight. Like a small boat in the ocean, making bigger waves in emotion. Like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, I can make an explosion. A fight for my home, a fight for my family, my friendships, my faith. Life is full of ups and downs, but no matter what happens, I'll never back down from the fight. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Give you my life song. Your powers turn on. Starting right now, I'll be strong. And I'll play my fight song. And I'm not gonna stop till everyone else believes that I Join us at the annual Church on the Rock Women's Conference as we prepare to fight. October 16th and 17th at the beautiful Hilton Rockwall Lakefront Resort. Register today at churchontherock.org. Well, amen. Ladies, we are going to have a wonderful time at our women's conference. I hope all of you will come and join us um, October 16th and 17th. You can sign up in the foyer or you can do so online. But we're going to learn how to fight for our families, fight for our future, fight for our country. We're going to learn how to pray. And, you know, the war room came out just at the time that we came up with this theme. And God is saying something here in our nation, here in our world, that we have got to fight. And so I want, I hope you will come and join us. And men, if you don't have a wife here to send, I want to encourage you, maybe you would consider helping sponsor some of our moms that maybe are single moms that can't go or don't have enough money. And if you'd like to write a check and help sponsor one of our women, we would appreciate that. Whatever you give, we'll give it um, in scholarship. Again, I hope you will sign up and join us. I want to welcome you to Church on the Rock. It is great to see all of your smiling faces. It's a wonderful 
day to be in the presence in the house of the Lord. And I just want to say we welcome you. There's a place for you here at Church on the Rock. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's great to see you tonight. I think I'm ready for the fall to officially be here. How about you? Not just in the morning, but all day long. I bet it's coming pretty soon. And we're going to keep worshiping with our evening offering tonight as we bring our tithe and offering to the Lord. I'll read you a little story. It's from Genesis 28, and it's about one of the biggest knuckleheads in the Bible. Aren't you glad that God takes us the way we are, and He sees our potential and doesn't just treat us, what we, give us what we deserve? Well, there's a guy named Jacob, and believe it or not, his descendants today occupy the land of Israel. Jacob was the dad of those 12 tribes of Israel, but at this stage of his life, he's like many young people. He's running from God. He's just tricked his brother. He stole his birthright. He stole his blessing, and his brother got so mad he's going to kill him, so now he's running away, and it's interesting what he said. He made a vow when he was running away from his family, and he said, if God will be with me. Now, don't you think about this now as we bring our offering to the Lord tonight. If God will be with me, if he'll keep me in the way I'm going, if he'll give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so I come back to my Father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. How many know God can be Daddy's God? Come on, he can be my wife's God. But there's a defining moment when he becomes my God, when he showed himself faithful. And this stone, there was literally a rock there. He said, I've set it up as a pillar. It's going to be God's house, his place of encounter. And of all that you give me, I'll surely give a tenth or a tithe to you. Now, why in the world would he add that last part? I'll suggest to you he learned that from his granddaddy Abraham. Before there was ever a law or an obligation about giving or, or bringing a tithe and offering to the Lord, it came from a man's heart that simply wanted to say, thank you, God, that you have cared for me. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons we give to the Lord, a lot of reasons we bring our tithe. It can be out of obedience. The Bible certainly teaches it. It can be out of need. There's certainly needs all around. We see what our money does. Uh, when we bring our tithe, we think about God's promise in Malachi that God will bless us. It's a covenant relationship. But the reason I give to God is not because I want something from God. I give that the heart of Jacob is because God has been good to me. And as I bring my tithe to him, it helps me prioritize my life around God. It helps me put him first, come on, and recognize that he's the source of every good thing. Can we just give him a hand today? Because God is good to us. God bless you, and thank you for bringing your offering to the Lord. Let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. Let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. Let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. Cause I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. And it's all I want to be. I'm 
say, Lord, that's what I want in my life, the reality that God is near. Nothing weird, nothing spooky, but the simple reality that God is with me. Jesus, you promised that you'd always be with us. You'd never leave us. You'd always be with us, nor wouldn't forsake us. You said you're an ever-present help in time of trouble. So it just makes sense to me, Lord, that we should know, not just by faith, but that we should know by seeing your hand, experiencing your presence, that you're real. And we just say this evening that we love you. And we welcome you. We invite you, Lord, in our life. We invite you in the places that have been cleaned up, but we invite you in the dirty, dark places of our life. Because we know that you're in the process of shaping and molding us into the person you want us to be. So just say that right now. Say, Lord, I want you. I want you. And I welcome your presence tonight. I want you to see your life as a moment as a piece of clay and God is the potter. And there's a wheel that's moving round and round and the master, master potter is shaping our lives if we'll just let him do it. So that's what we say tonight, Lord. We want to become the person you created us to be. And we welcome you tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a good hand this evening. He is worthy, isn't he, of all of our praise. Come on, give him a real hand tonight. He is worthy of all our praise. Amen. Hey, give your neighbor a high five. Tell them they are looking great. Well, Lord willing, next week I'm going to finish my series called The Power of Yes. It's, uh, I've had a great deal of feedback from people. I believe it's struck a nerve in our lives about saying yes to God because amazing things happen. This past week, of these last three days, we've had a pastor's conference at our church, Church on the Rock Pastors. We've had missionaries, one of the most very inspiring time for us. But I felt the Lord speak to me. One of the pastors that, uh, that was at our conference is Pastor Steve Sexton. Now, I don't know if you know Steve and his wife, Katie, but uh, they've been the most popular speaker of the youth and the college age probably for the last five years. And uh, they come all the time. If you have kids or grandkids, they've been ministering to them. But they're about to plant a church in uh, the Rogers Fayetteville area in northern Arkansas. And it's going to kind of be a sister church for us. How many know God's given us a command to go into all the world? And one of the greatest ways that the gospel can be propagated throughout the world is planting churches everywhere. Planting churches in third world nations, unreached people groups, and right here in America. And uh, with the interesting story, I, I feel a particular affinity to this couple. Katie was raised right here in our church. She started coming when she was four years old. Come on, stand up and wave everybody tonight so I can see who you are. Started coming when she was four. Stayed here through her high school years and uh, then went off to Brook Hill. Stephen, come on up here, brother. Stephen uh, was raised in Church on the Rock, Waco. 
And uh, he was telling stories about himself uh, uh, running the aisles in the church as a, a, as a young boy. But they have felt a call for a number of years to begin to pastor in uh, to pastor a church. And they're planning a church in the Rogers Fayetteville area. A lot of you have friends that go there. You may have kids going to college there. And uh, this will be a sister church for us. But he was here for the conference, and I thought, gosh, we should let him speak to us. But then also to help form a bond between us and them so we can pray for them and help them on their journey. So give him a big hand. We're real proud of you, and we love you. Well, we are so glad to be here, and I'm just telling you, we're so grateful for Pastor John and uh, Linnell. I'm just telling you, uh, we feel like family here. Uh, uh, This is the first time that that I've been able to have the opportunity to speak to you, but, you know, we've been able to love on your kids and and, uh, love on the college students here, and we love the staff here. The staff is incredible. And so let's just, let's give a hand for the pastors here. Come on. Y'all honor them. Um, Absolutely. Let me just tell you, uh, Church on the Rock, Texarkana, they're givers and they love people. And so I just want you to know that you may think, well, why do we need a light and why do we need all this and what? They're doing a huge job of spreading the gospel. And so they're changing people's lives. And I just, I felt like I needed to say that before I began. Um, it was funny. Today, we were, Katie and I were talking. And uh, Katie is so much involved. Uh, she, uh, my wife, has been rebuked by uh, pretty much uh, all the pastors. She was an intern one time. And Pastor John had to set her straight. Uh, Pastor Mike, I heard countless stories of, of Pastor Mike setting her straight. And so when I got her, she was perfect. So thank you, Church on the Rock, for all the work that you've done. We appreciate you, and we love you. Um, But no, we're really excited about moving to Rogers, Arkansas, and uh, we really feel like the Spirit of the Lord is going to be there, and lives are going to be transformed, and people are going to be set free. And so um, let's pray. Let's get into what we're going to talk about. Dearly Father, I thank you so much for the anointing that breaks yokes. Father, I pray that whatever your people are dealing with, God, today that they would be able to lay them at the feet of Jesus, that they would leave with hope and purpose and vision. Father, that that their no's would turn to yeses. And Father, they would believe that the hand of God is moving on their life because you are a good Father and you love us. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9 says, for as high as the heavens are on the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts, come on somebody, are higher than what? Your thoughts. So as we start to talk today, I want to kind of bring a thought to you. Um, I, I think that there are two levels in thinking. I think that there is a lesser, lesser level of thinking, but I think that there's a higher level of thinking, and I think that God is trying to let us know as we begin that there are two thoughts, and it's not subjective. It's not like if a five-foot-two person walks in and sees a six-foot-one and goes, wow, you're higher, but it is our best thinkers best educators, no matter if you have a doctor behind your name, no matter what you've done, there is a lower level thought and there is a higher level thought. And as believers, we are to operate 
on higher level thinking. Jesus, let me just tell you, Jesus, people were constantly like, oh, what is he saying? Because when he started to talk, people were like, what authority does this dude talk with? We've not heard words like this. Jesus took it to another level. We had the law, but then when he started to talk about divorce and marriage and finances and and commitment, and I mean, he took it to a whole other level where he said, well, you say, but here's what God says. You say, but here's what God, you've heard it said in Mo, with Moses, but here's what God thinks. And he talked about prayer. He showed us what was evil. I mean, you, you think about God's thoughts and our thoughts. And I got a picture of my family that I want you to see. Uh, got a picture of the fam. And so this right over here is Trevor. Uh, this is obviously my wife, Katie. Trevor, you got Hallie Kate right here. And you got Tia and Sage. And so all of them have a way of processing. Trevor is my pusher. Come on, how many parents we got? You got that one child that pushes. And it doesn't matter how many times you say no because they never heard it. And they never heard you really say no. What they meant is you're thinking about it. But you were very clear. No, we're not going to do that. I don't know that word is what you think it is. You know what I'm saying? In their mind, they don't understand no. They only saw the yeses of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? The yeses of parents. When you say we're not going to do that, they don't think that's definitive. They think you're thinking about it. That's my pusher. Hallie Kate is my adult. She came out as an adult. You know what I'm saying? She is the mother of all of them. She sits down. What are you doing? I'm, I'm going to tell mother. I'm, you're not doing that right. You didn't wash your hands for 30 seconds with soap. I mean, she is the adult in, in the kid group. Tia is my trickster. If you come to my house, be careful what you sit on. You know what I'm saying? If you come to my house, all I'm going to say is, if there is something in the middle of the floor that looks like excrement, it's, it, it, it's, it, she put it there. She bought it at the dollar store. She is my trickster. Okay? Sage is my fighter. Trevor's the mouth. Sage is the muscle. And so he fights. He when. Three years ago, he just could barely talk, but he, already, he walked in one day and said, Dad, I know what I'm going to do. I said, okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to go to the Army and be a Marine. I was like, okay, why? He said, because I can have a sword and a gun. And I was like, all right, <laughs> cool, <laughs> awesome, goals. <laughs> you know, and so, and then and my wife, my wife, obviously, she's the gift. Um, uh, but it's amazing because in, a, in our house, everybody has different thoughts. Like when I say something, and, and men, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but wouldn't you love to know what your wife is, come on somebody, thinking? It's like I thought we were zeroing in on what she was thinking, and then all of a sudden, it changed. And the sad thing is, I don't know what she's thinking, but sometimes she doesn't know what she's thinking. And I thought, man, if she could just, like, down, if I could download my mind to her, then she could always know I'm not being malicious or mean or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying something. My son. I, I'm working with my son. I'm trying to teach him how to be a man. You know what I'm saying? I got this thing, you know, the, uh, over there in um, Israel, everybody's a man at 13. So I, I'm locking in on him being a man at 13. And I, he came in the other day and said, Dad, do I have to move out? And I, and I said, well. And, and, and then immediately my wife said, no. And I said, okay, 14. You know, but 
But there are some times that he's doing something, and he's like totally off. Like, son, go feed the dog. And from the time that we left my presence with the direction and the dog that's outside, we got lost. Like, I don't know what happened. We saw a bug. You know what I'm saying? We saw a squirrel. But we, squirrel. You know, we, we just lost it. And I've thought a lot of times, man, wouldn't it be awesome if he could just know my thoughts? My team, my staff, there are countless times when I want them to just know my thoughts and know my heart and know my vision. And wouldn't it be great? What could we do if they just knew my thoughts? There was this teacher who uh, was in her class. She was teaching uh, elementary age, really young. And the teacher said, all right, class, I want to give you a problem. And all the kids sat down, and she said, four crows were on the fence. The farmer shot the first one. How many are left? Aaron puts his hand up and goes, shaking in his chair. And he, uh, she says, yes, Aaron. And he said, none. And the teacher looked, and she smiled, and she said, Okay, there are four crows on a fence. The farmer shot one. How many are left? Aaron, none. She goes, Aaron, it is not none. The answer is three. And very polite, he goes, no, ma'am. When I did it, they all left. <laughs> Come on, so, sometimes we, we don't ha- we're not on the right page and it's very easy as believers to go by how we feel come on it's very easy to be led by a fence it's very easy to be led by how we feel or think or what we see but we got to make sure that we are thinking high level thoughts if the goal for the believer is that we think like our father and, and, and let me talk to you about his thoughts. His thoughts are true. His thoughts are peaceable. His thoughts are noble. His thoughts are right. He, he's not selfish. He's not manipulative. God's not manipulative. His thoughts are holy. Come on, someone say, holy. And you know what? His thoughts are good, even when we don't understand them. They're good. And, and I want to talk about, today and my assignment as we talk tonight is higher level thinking y'all say that with me higher level thinking turn with me if you will to Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 um, I, I, can, I can tell you that as we open this passage I want to particularly look at the depth of Abraham's obedience as we do this we're going to see a link between his thoughts and his actions And this story is extremely profound because as we read it, we are reading about a man who operated in higher level thinking. And I believe that there are some men here. I believe there's some women here. I believe there's some young people here. That I believe there are people even maybe in your third or fourth season of life. But God has a dream and there is something that he's wanting you to do. And can I tell you that if you've been wrestling with this thing for two, three, four years. It's like this dream, this idea that if all everything lined up, I would do it. Can I tell you this? That sometimes that's a God-given dream. And he wants to see that thing unleashed. And we've got to stop thinking on a lower level. But we've got to start thinking, come on somebody, on a higher level. Look right here in Genesis chapter 
22, verse 1. And it says this, Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, I am here. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love. you got to get that. Because if you get that, it will be very hard as a young believer to read this text and go, oh, that doesn't fit well. I don't get that. I don't understand the story. I'm sure, I know that it works out at the end. But why would God demand that child? If you miss this, whom you love. Come on. If we live life long enough, it's, it's very easy the things that we love to creep up and take God's place at being first. Even in Revelations, uh, we, we hear the, the, the verse where it talks about, I have this one thing against you. Come on, what was it? That you've lost your first. What? Love. Look at this. Take the one that you love. The one that you love. Look at this. And so, Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took the two, two of his young men with him. Isaac, his son, split the wood of the burnt offering, rose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw a place far off. And Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I are going yonder to worship, and we will come back to you. Now, I want you to see something. What I want you to see, and I want to pull out four points in this text that I, that as I was reading it, it started to elevate my thinking. And it helped me because it gave me a framework to resist the enemy and to live on higher level thinking. The first thing that I want to talk about is this. Higher level thinkers never disqualify themselves because of past mistakes. Come on. Higher level thinkers never disqualify themselves because of past mistakes. What you don't know or what you may not know is when we open up chapter 22, verse 1, Abraham already has a past. Abraham has already messed up. Abraham had lied. Abraham had walked in fear. Abraham had doubted. Abraham had had a relationship with another woman that was not his own wife and tried to circumvent God's plan or push it and make it happen faster. We're not talking about a guy who's just, Father Abraham had many. Well, come on, we're talking about a guy that messed up. That was told time and time again, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But it's like every time God told him, he forgot it. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And come on, have we ever lived there? I'm going to do it in your life. I don't know if you are. I'm going to do it. I'm going to restore it. I'm going to heal it. Your children will come back. They will honor me. They will submit. Come on. How many times has there been a time in our own life? Where we have been right where Abraham was. See, let's not read the story like a story, but let's jump in this. And can we see, maybe you're in a moment where Genesis chapter 22, God is about to stir the waters in your heart. And you may have this past. You may have blown it. You have may have had thoughts that were terrible. You have made terrible decisions. I don't know where you're at, but praise God. Come on. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And God speaks to Abraham and he says, I am here. Is anybody here in the room? God, I'm right here. 
As we look at this, Abraham had a crazy journey. But Abraham repented. Oh, church, aren't you glad that you don't have to make every perfect decision to be used by God? If we could understand this, revival would hit our land because there are so many people that don't speak and preach and disciple and use their God-given gifts because they're not perfect. Well, I don't want to, you know, I just don't want to be a hypocrite. Come on. Well, I, I, I can't serve in the church. I can't do anything because I, I still got my stuff. I hear it all the time as a leader, as a pastor. And what I'm saying is this. God gives seed, come on somebody, to the sower. And if you don't sow, you can't reap. And so if you're waiting to be perfect, then you will live purposeless, visionless. And you will come to church and you will gravitate to the back row because it's just Church. This right here is seed. And I don't care what you've done in your past. And this today is going to liberate somebody. Because guess what? There is a land that God can send you. There is more that is coming for you. Come on, look at someone and say, more is coming for me. We got to think higher level thoughts. We got to think higher level thoughts. Your past mistake is being amplified. Come on, you blew it. Come on, I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the sin is, and honestly, I don't care. I don't care. All I care is that is a child of God sitting in this room, hindered from their purpose, being lied to by the accuser of the brethren, and they cannot move forward. That's what I care about. So many of his servants feel disqualified to speak about truth and love. So many people feel disqualified and the enemy is the one that is the accuser of the brethren. Come on, somebody. I believe that this is a day of opportunity and we've got to have higher level thinking. The second thing I want to say about this passage is that higher level thinkers respond when God speaks. Higher level thinkers respond when God speaks. What is God saying to you? It is so funny to me when I talk to people about about God and Him speaking because they're like, I don't know if God speaks to me. God just doesn't speak to me like He speaks to you. Well, first of all, you have to understand that that Abraham did not just show up on verse 22. There were many times when God spoke to Abraham and it was a process. And so many times we want God to touch us or heal us and do all of it in one moment. And there is a process. Miracles can happen in a moment. Transformation can happen in a moment. But your learning, growing, and trusting is a process. That's a process. And so the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so you've got to lock in. If something's burning in you, I want to give a ministry. You know, I've been wanting to send that check. You know what, I've been wanting to help that person. You know what, I want to mentor that young man. You know what, I want to do. And it's just going over you. But I don't have time. And your excuses are louder than your vision. Oh, me or oh, my. Come on. We got way too many excuses. And here's what I want you to know. 
I'm not condemning anybody because Abraham walked through it. And, and check this out. Abraham walked through it and he had already messed up and tried to circumvent God. So this time when God spoke, yes, sir, get that donkey ready, baby. We're about to roll. Cut the wood. Here we go. We're going because I've been here and I've done that. And I'm telling you, I'm not having another... Yes, he had great faith. But can we, when God speaks to you, do you, well, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, if God wants me up the mountain, he can send the wind. Or you can get on your donkey and ride. Well, if God wants me to do it, the wood will just be cut. No, you can go out and cut the wood. Now you think about the effort that it took for him to immediately obey. First of all, nothing happened fast. Anybody going 75 up the mountain? We're talking about days. Okay, and he's going to have to sacrifice his own son, and that is messed up that you have to cut the wood to sacrifice your own son. We can't have a tree up there fall down, you know what I'm saying, right in the pile? I just want you to see that sometimes we sensationalize Moves of God, when sometimes moves of God happen very strategically and we just obey. We just obey. Listen, don't miss out on God's moments because you have an overpacked schedule. Don't miss out. God has a great adventure for you. And I don't want to hear about someone else's story. Come on, somebody. I want to have my own This is one of the reasons that in the church our kids are growing up like atheists because we talk about moves of God that they've never seen in our own personal. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Get in the game. Because it's not that God needs more workers. God has birthed you in this dispensation to do something mighty and it will unlock your potential. It'll unlock your potential. Come on, is our mind full of who we don't like? Who has offended us? My old church and how they hurt me. Come on, the, the, my ex and what they told the kids. I'm waiting for that apology. I'm waiting for that business partner to come back and repay me. I'm, my boss lied about my promotion. Because if those are the thoughts that we're thinking, that is lower level thinking. You can respond or you can react. Come on, there's a moment and God is trying to release you. God wants something from you. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Listen, I mean, can you imagine how that conversation went with Abraham and Sarah? Hey, babe, so what are you doing tomorrow? All right, cool, you, you, you're going to wash some clothes okay, out by the creek with a rock? Okay, cool. Right, me and Isaac, we're going to go sacrifice. Will you sacrifice last week? I know this is kind of a special one. All right, well, where, where's the sheep? I'm, I'm just going to sacrifice little Izzy. You can do what? You're gonna, that's insane. Why would you do that? And so here's the thing. God many times asks us to do the things that seem 
too big. And because we can't put it on Microsoft and, you know, scale it and we can't marginalize it, that's just too big for me. And here's what I want you to see. Our obedience is important. Abraham did not wait. He said, I trust you. And the very next morning, he had and was on the way of the mountain. Stop worrying about what everybody else is saying. I'm not talking about avoiding wise counsel. But way too many care about what everybody else thinks. God is looking for some higher level thinkers. And when God speaks to you, come on. What I want to ask you is what has God been speaking to you that you need to do? And, I, and here's what I would believe. I believe that 100% in this room know something that God wants you to do. I need to call my dad. I need to call my mom. I need to go over there. I was supposed to go to their house two weeks ago, and I, I need to go over there. I need to do, come on. Is this right? Come on. The third thing I want to say is this. High-level thinkers remember God's promises. High-level thinkers remember God's promises. Abraham said in the text that we just read, we're going to be back. He understood, God is not taking my son, God wants my heart. God wasn't after Isaac. God didn't want to kill his family or destroy the promise. What God wanted was he wanted all of Abraham. And can I tell you that worship is more than a song. It is the obedience of walking up the mountain and doing what you initially don't want to do so that you can be in a position for increase. High-level thinkers remember God's promises. Listen, I'm aware that we process based on our backgrounds, influences, hurts, and current situations. I get that. Katie and I, we agree on everything except for we agree on nothing. Because we have two different backgrounds. Okay? Her background and my background, she, was, she grew up and they did alternative medicine. And so I grew up and we went to the doctor over everything. You know what I'm talking about? Everything. We had tetanus, tetanus. We got shots for everything. We just showed up and got shots. And so when we got married, I came from, if you have a sniffle, you need an antibiotic, you need a dose, we need to drug you up, you know what I'm saying? You need an IV, you know what I'm saying? We're taking you to an emergency room. And she grew up, hold on, let me make something. <laughs> and I'm like, and so the first time I got sick when we were married, it was on. Because I was like, what are you doing? You're like, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. You know what? And I'm like, we need to go to the doctor. And she's like, well, you need to take some vitamins. And I'm like, what are those? We all have backgrounds. And can I tell you something? God is a representation of your father, but he's way better. God just doesn't get frustrated and fly off the handle. God never gets overwhelmed. God never gets any of that. And what I want to let you know is this. What if the way you're processing about God and about life are on a lower 
level. You got to remember God's promises. God has something good for you. What did he tell you to do? Abraham knew he was coming back. God did not want Isaac. God wanted all of Abraham. Refuse to give in to doubt. Don't call it like you see it. Take it to another level. And the last thing that I want to say is this. Higher level thinkers see God move. Higher level thinkers see God move. If we were to look and, and go over there real quick, but Abraham, um, uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 12 and 13. And he said this, Do not lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. God's not a killer. God does everything good. And sometimes we are in situations that are uncomfortable, but there is good to come out of it if you do what he says to do. Look at this. He said, don't lay a hand on him, for I, I know that you fear me. And guess what? You did not withhold your son from me. Look at this. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked behind him, and there was a ram caught in the thicket. Come on, do you want to, who here wants to see God move in their life? Who wants to see God move in their marriage? Who wants to see God move in their finances? Come on, somebody. Who wants to see God move in their family? Who wants to see generational curses broken? Come on, somebody wants to see God move. Now, what I want to tell you is this. It is interesting to me that Abraham said, we're going yonder to worship. See, worship causes you to walk. It causes distance. You, he didn't worship right where he was at. We had to move to worship. And what tonight, and what if this sanctuary was filled with worshipers that said, you know what, I'm fixing to move. I'm fixing to move out of this lower level thinking. Come on, somebody. I've been thinking the wrong thoughts. You may be a teenager here. You've been thinking the wrong thoughts. You have all of this offense and unforgiveness towards your parents. Come on, you're thinking the wrong thoughts. Parents, you're thinking the wrong thoughts. Kids are only a blessing. That's all it ever says is they're a blessing and they're a heritage from the Lord. Come on, we're thinking wrong thoughts. And I believe there are some people here. And in just a minute, I want to open up these altars. And God already spoke to me. I, I know there are some people here that the enemy has lied to you. And you know what? You're battling thinking lower level thoughts. And it is time to recognize the enemy and say, God, in this kingdom, you reign. Higher level thinking. Come on, somebody. Higher level can you guys stand up with me just real quick? What has God promised you? What was prophesied over you? It may be a youth camp. It may be 30 years ago. It may. All I want to let you know is that God's promises are still working. And if you're here, come on, wave to me if, if, if this spoke to you. If this spoke to you. And so what we're going to do is I, I want to enter just worship just for a second. Come on. And we're going to permeate this place for just a few minutes. If you've been thinking lower level thoughts, I've been there and I've had to repent. And the best way to deal with it and move to a higher level is recognizing that the enemy is playing in here and denying him and walking on.
resist the enemy and here's what I want to do if you're here and you've been arguing and fighting the wrong battle it's time to lay this down right here at the altar and so as they start singing worship Nick you ready as soon as they start worship we're going to open these altars and wherever you're at you may be a wife and you know what you've been thinking wrong thoughts about your husband you may be a husband thinking wrong thoughts about your wife come on we're thinking higher level she is a helper she is a blessing he is a blessing he is nothing but come on we're going to think higher level thoughts and if that's you come on as they start singing Nick whenever you're ready I want you guys to come on come on if that's you I got to change the way I'm thinking come on if that's you, come on. Come on. I know people are coming. Come on. Higher level thinking. Come on. Come on. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Higher level thinking. Come on. They're starting to come. Couples are coming. Marriages are coming. Come on. Y'all come on up if you can. If you're physically able, come up here. I want to pray for you. I've been thinking lower level thoughts. I've been mad at my kids. I've been mad at my spouse. I've been mad at my boss. I'm not thinking those thoughts anymore. That's a lower level thought. I'm a higher, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. I recognize my thoughts. Competition, jealousy, insecurity. Come on, I'm going another level. I'm taking this up a notch. Change our broken. Come on, come on, come on. The scales are on the floor. It's too dispoken. I'm no open anymore. The change our broken. Thank you, Father. Here's what I want to do. Anybody else? I want to pray for you. And then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor John. But here's what I want to tell you. The enemy is a liar. And we got to take this thought captive to the obedience and lordship of Jesus Christ. Because guess what? God has great things for us. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church tonight. And Father, I break the enemy's assignment off of their life in Jesus' name. Father, we're going up in our thinking. Father, we're not going to be lied to in the name of Jesus. We're not going to play that issue over and over and over. We're not going to play that offense over and over and over in our heart. In Jesus' name, God, you have a future. You have a plan for us. It is good. And in Jesus' name, I break those strongholds, that assignment in Jesus' name that would stop purpose. And Father, right now, we release our faith. We trust you, Lord. And we thank you that we are higher level thinkers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank God. Give the Lord a good hand here. He is worthy of our praise. Hang on just a minute where you are. Hang on if you're around the altar. Hang on just a second. What, what we do when we think the right way is we say yes to God. And so we've been talking about for a while. And when we say yes to God, amazing things begin to happen. Because the scripture teaches us, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Yeah, above all else, guard your heart. Because out of it proceed the issues of life. Remember I gave you a rubber band not too long ago when we were talking about stinking thinking? 
when I, when I had to deal with that uh, chemical imbalance, a doctor could only help me so much, but a Christian counselor helped me realize that I had to get a hold of what was going on in my brain because what I was allowing just to build and build and build and build was taking control of my life. And rather than allowing me to go forwards, it was pulling me down deeper. This is a powerful truth. As we begin to think like God thinks, to do what He says, how many know not only transformation in our lives, but the very thing that God has called us to do, we can see revealed in our life. Because how many know we serve a real enemy that wants to stop us right where we are? See, there's one that's scheming that's trying to stop us, that's trying to deceive us, that's trying to hurt us. And how many know his lies seem real? But when we deal with the lie and believe the truth in agreement with God, how many know we go forwards and not backwards? Let's ask the Lord just to seal this in our heart right now. Just lift your hands to heaven with me. And just say, Holy Spirit, I want you to just seal this in my heart, and I want you to bring it to my mind that I am going to guard the way that I think, that I'm going to think what the Scripture tells me, that no matter what my feelings say, I'm going to believe what God says about me and to me, and I'm going to allow my faith to take me to the next level. So ask the Lord right now, in the parable of the sower, the enemy, the devil, wanted to come and steal the word that was sown out of their heart. So could you just pray right now that the Holy Spirit would just seal in you that precious thing that God planted in us tonight. And we pray this tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good hand tonight. And let's give Pastor Stephen a big hand. Come on, we appreciate it. And we're very proud. I want you and your wife to come up here just a second. I want any of our pastors, elders that's here that are able to, to come up here. We want to pray for them. They are planning this church in Rogers. Get that microphone if you got it. Just Be seated just a second. I am really excited about this with you. Tell us, uh, tell us when you're when you're moving to Rogers, when you're planning the church. Tell us what you what you're doing. Yeah, we are we are trying to sell our house. We got a contract on it. We actually this weekend God broke some things and uh, we got what we needed to close. So all of our stuff is already in Rogers, and we've been commuting and going there and talking to people. And so our goal is that we're launching January the 24th. And so as soon as we can be there, we're going. I mean, all of our stuff is there. It's all in storage. So January 24th is your launch date. That's our launch date. Yeah. Do you have a team? Are you looking for people? We're, How, we're, yeah, we're looking for people. Uh, but we have a team of about uh, 20. And so we're growing that team. We're looking for people who want to come and partner with the vision that God has given us. And, you know, we, we are looking for our, the church is called The House. And we feel like The House is the hub. And uh, we want a place where people are loved and they're taught. Because that's when we see transformation. And Praise so we're excited Lord. about it. Well, we are really proud of you. Pastor Mike, I want, I want him to pray for you. Would you just lay your, uh, lift your hand towards them as a sign of Jesus. spiritual agreement? And we're just going to pray a blessing over them because they're our friends. They're one with us. We're kind of in the same tribe together. And uh, we want to just see God do great things because many of, some of us may move up there one day. All, many of us have family and friends that are there. But most importantly, God has people that matter to him that live up there and uh, that they're going to make a difference in their lives. So lift your hand towards them, and, and we're going to bless them right now. Father, we just want to thank you, first of all, for being able to be a part of this ministry and what you're doing. 
Lord, unless you build the house, we labor in vain. And I thank you for what you're doing in their heart, what you're doing in that city, what you've done in our city. And Lord, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to know them, to kind of release them and send them and bless them. And, and um, Lord, we know, we just thank you that we have a couple here that have been saying yes to you for many, many years, Lord. Sacrificed a lot. Lord, poured into young people, poured into children. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that these seeds are coming back, Lord, right when they need that harvest, Lord. And we thank you tonight. Lord, even tonight, just the, the level he stepped into is like, Lord, he just yeah. stepped into that role as a pastor, Lord. Just saw him stepping into that and that anointing and that grace that'll be there that he can just walk into it, Lord. So we thank you. You're going before him. You're making the crooked places straight. You're shattering the doors of bronze, cutting through the bars of iron. Lord, you're going to, even in areas where it seems like there's no way, you're going to make a way. And Lord, you're going to send people. Send them laborers, Lord. Send them uh, prayers. Send them givers. Send them goers, Lord. Send them everything they need as you have in the past. And we bless them. And we just pray there'll be a, a lifeline and a connection between this church and their church in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. God. Amen. Hey, one last thing here. Um, I want to give people an opportunity to give into that vision. Uh, I know when you're starting a church, you're not going to buy a building, but you're probably going to lease a place first. You've got to have equipment and all, right. all that kind of stuff. What do you, how much money are you believing to start with? We're believing to start with 60000 How much do you have? We have thirty. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Praise the Lord. You can do a lot with that start. Listen, whether it's tonight or whether it's any day in the future, if you want to sow into helping them plant that church in Rogers, you just write Rogers or Pastor Steve or Pastor Sexton, and we'll make sure that they get it. But we'll give you a chance to give tonight before we go. We're going to sing one last song. Uh, if you'd like to give, we'll put 100% towards that church plant. I'll have my Bible here. You can bring it. You can, uh, the ushers will be at the back door. You can use a debit machine if you want to. Give them one more last big hand. We appreciate you guys. Why don't we stand up and sing one last song before we go? And uh, you want to sow into this church, it's an opportunity to do it tonight. Go ahead and sing with us. And I was blinded by scales upon my eyes. Like a lion and burned up all the light. And he set me free. He reminded me I am more. He says I God, come on, somebody give him one more hand clap of praise. Hey, I want to take a chance before you run out the door to invite you to hang out with some friends in the cafe. But if you can, we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Have a good day, a good next week. The chains are